We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. It feels good to be back in this setting again here with my friends Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. And Maddie, I just want you to know of all the Maddies in the world, you are ranked far higher than 38. Well, um, that's good. I, I enjoy that. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Kent. That means a lot to me. Um, our... <laughs> Can I can I somewhere see all of your rankings? Do you have a, a link to send me to all of your bat rankings? I'm gonna put them on the sub stack behind a paywall. So Casey is in the Let's go. Hint Kent is a little heated about this. Come out rumors. What? What what are you how, talking about? I, I love you. Yeah. You're, but how hey, Craig, how are you with the fully zipped up uh turtle <laughs> sweater right here? I'm doing great, man. Listen, the draft's over. We're starting. This is year three of KCSN. With today, this is our two-year anniversary. So going forward, year three, we'll try. We're trying new stuff on for size. Like, come on, or old stuff differently, because that's like one of the right. first things we ever got at KCSN, if I remember. Oh, what you don't know is that I've gone and gotten every Charlie Hustle shirt that you can find at KCSN shop. Go buy them; they're great. I had them all extended. They're all turtlenecks now. No, it's, it looks it looks great on you. It's not even a turtleneck. It's like a mock turtle. That guy. Anyway, continue. It looks great. We're not fashion guys here, in case those in the uh, chat are wondering. Yeah, Maddie can't even find a shirt that fits him. Like, let's be honest. It fits great. Um, okay, so today's May fourth, and like obviously May the fourth be with you and all that. Two years ago. Uh, I was on a small little staycation with my family. Uh, I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember exactly where you guys were at, but I just remember being extremely anxious. We had, you know, just left AP and the, 
the video launches and the outpouring of love from everybody and the support and the excitement around KCSN two years ago today was unbelievable. And it's been an insane two years. It's been the coolest two years of my life. I would never, I, I have zero regrets about getting to do this with BJ and everybody and getting to do cool things with my friends for two years. It's been absolutely special. It exceeded anything beyond, you know, my wildest dreams. I don't know about you guys, but this has just been such a, uh, a cool thing. And it's all because of everyone listening right now. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have no clue like how much your support means and getting to see this community built the way it is. And I mean, 4 million, we, we eclipsed 4 million downloads today too, which is just so cool and fitting. Like it's decent, but like it's, it's you guys, it's, 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 it's everyone that's ever listened. It's everyone that's ever bought the draft guide. It's anyone that's ever paid for the sub stack. Um, we can't tell you how grateful we are. I, I, I hope you guys never, never, ever, um, I don't just always remember that. Like that's how we feel. And that's, we're never going to feel differently. Like it's never, never going to be like, we love you. We thank you so much. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but I just had to say that real quick before. I mean, I just want to let every single person know that you guys are the best. You guys are the ones that are in fact great. And it's not just Craig. It's all of you. Oh. Craig pulls his power. He pulls all of his power from you guys. So, however great you think Craig is, it all comes from you guys because you guys are the best. And I don't think I can say anything more eloquently than Kent just did. I'm really this. That that's tough because Maddie's pitting my love for the people versus the great. I I don't like that. He hates the base so much right now. Uh, this, uh, I, Dane D said, you know, great sports community to be a part of. And I think that's, what's been so cool is it's become a, it's become a cool community. And like, that's been very cool for us to be part of. And uh, yeah, like, I think that's, what's been so special is just seeing the community build the way it has. So, um, genuinely, uh, thank you from the bottom of all our hearts. And let's talk some football because the Chiefs made a move immediately after the NFL draft. They're not even going to give us a bunch of time to just you know, talk about the NFL draft. Shout out Brett Veach for just coming in hot with a with a move immediately after. But the Chiefs made kind of a surprising move yesterday. Uh, they signed Donovan Smith, the veteran left tackle, uh, Super Bowl champion Donovan Smith, uh, protected Tom Brady uh, there for the Buccaneers. They signed him to a deal worth up to $9 million uh, very shortly after the draft. Kind of, like... Let's go back to your immediate feelings when you first saw the news, Matthew. Like, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? Because I know there was a lot going on. Uh, confusion, I guess, right? I mean, like, the the way it came in, the first thing was says up to $9 million. The immediate thought, even just seeing that, is, well, that's incentives. And he's signing after the draft. And he's technically signing after the cop pick formula window. So clearly the Chiefs weren't that interested in the move, seeming it took this long, it's going to be incentives based. And my immediately thought was hmm, probably a backup, maybe some competition coming in. Then all the reports start flooding in that he is being a starter, that he is going to start, that he's going to start at left tackle. That's what he's being signed for. And so that threw a, that threw a little wrench into kind of just like what 
I understood of the move in the moment. Um, I don't know if that impacted you guys the same way, seeing all those reports come through that he was going to be a starter. Um, I have since worked beyond those, and we'll get to that. But just like in the moment, Craig, kind of what were you thinking? Well, those were actually the first tweets that I saw. I was in the middle of something. I was at one of my kids' school functions. And so I got out, and the first thing I saw is the Chiefs expect Donovan Smith to start at left tackle with Juwan Taylor right tackle. And that was the first, like, didn't even see the announcement that he was signing, any of the money, anything like that. That was the first thing that I saw. And my immediate reaction was, why? Why is this happening? Yes, obviously, right after the compensatory formula, they waited until after that moment. So my initial reaction was, I don't get this. It seems like Jawan Taylor all along was being hyped as a left tackle. They literally just drafted a right tackle in Wanya Morris. They've put all these eggs in Lucas Niang's basket as well. Like, they have right tackle. They have a bunch of swings over there. The guy that they were planning, the new athletic dude that they were planning to play left tackle, now all of a sudden is going to move back to right tackle? Like, I wasn't sure what the room was going to happen. That was my very initial reaction before I settled in and started reading everything else. Yeah, my initial, it was just a lot of confusion. And, you know, I know there's some reports out there of, of him starting, him uh, being the left tackle. And, you know, we we don't really know how much insight we have on Joan Taylor's work at left tackle. What we have is one clip and the Chiefs saying he's going to move to left tackle. <laughs> That is, I'm pretty sure Beach said that he was going to take, like, the first team reps at left tackle. Yeah. I, I would have okay. those were his exact sure. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, that was, was that before the draft, too, though? No. I, that was the post-draft one, wasn't it? That was the post-draft press. Okay, we'll, we'll get that. directly said that. Okay. okay. Continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, 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 I'm I glad you did. did. But... I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did, Matthew. But good. Get used <laughs> yeah. to it. Year three, it only, get, it only goes up from you, can't more interruptions hell yeah let's go i think people might like that um but yeah it just it 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 threw me off in a big way because that if if you're really intense intentional about juan taylor playing left tackle snaps for the foreseeable future for you he's a long-term chip i believe he's now officially the longest term chip that they have at the tackle but i guess wanye morris would technically they're, they're both on four-year deals right so it just I don't know. It just seems like the Donovan Smith becomes a progress stopper if he's the left tackle. If he's the starting left tackle, that means that all these plans for the last two months that you've been working through, getting Jawan Taylor up to speed to play the left tackle position, messing around with your biggest investment in the tackle position in the history of the franchise, you're going to do that instead of instead of, you know, playing it let it play its course. So like the Outward facing perspective doesn't make sense. But if you tell me, if you tell me that Donovan Smith's here to, to add a veteran presence to a guy that's making a position switch to Lucas Niang, who has struggled to stay healthy and wasn't able to win back the right tackle job last year and a rookie right tackle. Okay. On board makes sense. It's just, the, it's just the, it's the presentation of the signing that has me just thrown completely off well let's go down that alley let's go down the alley of what you're talking about there at the end with like how it's being presented and everything so let's 
let's say Donovan Smith is being brought in to actively be the starter, not compete for, not be in competition with, not try to beat out, but to be the starting left tackle, and Jawan Taylor is in fact moving back to right tackle. That is fine if you planned on that from the get-go. That is abs- If you told us from day one that Jawan Taylor is going to be the right tackle and you don't care that you're paying him $20 million and that you're just trying to find a left tackle in the draft, you swung and missed because they all went too early and then you're bringing Donovan Smith to play left tackle after that. That's fine. I would question why you traded up for a guy whose best offensive tackle uh, play came at right tackle on Wanya Morris. I get it. He played left tackle three years ago at Tennessee. He didn't look as good at left tackle at Tennessee as he did right tackle at Oklahoma. I think for all intents and purposes, and even according to Brett Veach and Andy Reid, they both said he could play both sides, but they both put him in the right tackle competition, never the left tackle competition when they talked. I just think you would approach the offseason a little bit differently, specifically the draft, if you were planning on Jawan Taylor playing right tackle. So let's say if that was the goal and you didn't come out with any from the draft and you had to fall back on Donovan Smith, I would, I would understand if you took a Jalen Duncan, if you took somebody that had more left tackle experience in the draft. Right now, if Jawan Taylor's not switching sides, the Chiefs have Lucas Niang, who's really only played right tackle in the NFL, Wanya Morris coming off of his best play at offensive tackle and the last two years at right tackle, and Prince Tigo Wolago, who's kind of played both sides, but again, also not really. It's like they don't have any left tackles, and you're telling me that Donovan Smith is the only guy you feel comfortable with or that's on the roster that you feel comfortable with playing left tackle? I don't know. It's just the way that would go down if that's the path seems really convoluted and quite honestly not very good because Donovan Smith wasn't very good. We haven't even got to that point yet. He has not been that good. He was okay in 2021 because Tom Brady throws the ball in two seconds. But every other year of his career, he's been middling at best and last year, I understand injuries, but you're also talking about age catching up with them. So if the entire plan at left tackle was hoped to get somebody in round one and then sign Donovan Smith as a vet to be the left tackle, maybe get some more competition, not in the form of a right tackle in the draft. I don't know. It just seems like a weird plan if that's the way they were trying to go. Okay. I'm going to start with this. I'm old enough to remember when the Chiefs missed out on Trent Williams and the Chiefs told us that they were very comfortable with Lucas Niang as one of their starting offensive tackles. That was a full court press that was out there. Everybody was all over that. Chiefs trade for Orlando Brown Jr. Then Lucas Niang is the starting right tackle, de facto starting right tackle. Mike Rivers gets into camp and just immediately was the first team and was basically that guy going forward. To be so, fair to the end, he won that job. He just he got did. benched he did. in the middle. He got, correct. And so, I mean, there's a lot that can change. There is a lot of situations that come out where basically, you know, the initial reaction is, of course, the Chiefs told him, hey, you're going to get a chance to come in here and start. And I'm sure that those exact words were said to Donovan Smith, and that makes perfect sense. He's going to get a chance. Andy Reid's going to play the best five. He absolutely is. He has proven that time and time again. If that best five is Donovan Smith at left tackle and Juwan Taylor at right tackle, that's what it's going to be. Um, I don't have to like it. I don't have to like what that situation is. But if that's the best five, that's what it is. At the same time, all these reports coming out that he is going to be a starter. They view him as a starter. It's also in the same vein as a one-year up to $9 million contract. 
the up two is doing a lot of heavy lifting there because the Kansas City Chiefs made the move official today with $4.8 million in cap space, which means that Donovan Smith signed for less than $4.8 million guaranteed on a one-year deal. The rest of those are classified as not likely to be earned incentives. That means it's got to be something he did not do last year. So whether that be Pro Bowls, you know, uh, playoff wins, whatever you want to, whatever you want to put on there to try and get that, those are not likely to be in earned incentives. That means it's a low money deal. That's not a deal that you're just sitting there going, okay, we're waiting for our starting left tackle. As soon as the compensatory formula, as soon as we get past that deadline, we're going to shell out four million dollars or whatever it is for our starting left tackle that is definitely what we're doing that is not the kind of move that you would expect this organization to make if anything they tend to be more over aggressive to make sure that they fix the position and fix what they want rather than sitting and being patient and maybe underpaying a little bit that's not the thing that this organization has done time and time again all right we're gonna take a break we got more donovan smith smith talk to uh to go through right after this thanks for listening to kc sports network make sure you download our new app find it on the app store or google play just search kc sports network we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Take a drink if you participate. <laughs> Kit, you're going to kill me. <laughs> I don't know why this became a new bit, but it's great. Um, it became a bit on day three of the live stream. But this has been a bit. Okay, you guys may not know this. This has been a bit for about two years now. This has been a long bit. This bit has been. This it, this used to be the five star bit, if I'm being honest, but yeah, it is now it turned, five stars. now turned into something else. I will say this: it wouldn't hurt to have a five star review or two. Uh, we don't really ask for them anymore. Uh, we would put a five star review that says 
hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. That's what I want to see. I want to see that, a that, those five star reviews. <laughs> I will drink for every single one of them. Oh, on camera. On camera. That that show will be sponsored by Macadoodles. Uh thank you though. Um okay, so you, Craig, you brought something up about best five. I am totally fine with the best five playing in front of Patrick Mahomes. I fear Donovan. Fear's not the right word. I think the tiebreaker is going to go to Donovan Smith in any of these situations with some of these younger guys. If they if they don't feel comfortable with Niang, if they don't feel comfortable with Wanye, like I just I don't know that the, the, his if the intentionality is to be a starter, his presence just throws me off so much. And I understand the pricing. I like they didn't have to spend much to get him. But we've also seen this team lean on some veterans as well in the past, too. So it's just like it, the way it was positioned to me, I still struggle to get over despite all the things that you've said. And I agree with like I just that's the struggle for me is just how it's been presented. It wasn't compete for. It was this is their starter. Now, I, there was one comment, I guess, that me gives me a little. It's like if, if all goes to plan, this will be how they line up. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we should touch on that at, I guess, the very end here and kind of give what we think will happen, you know, the tease for like two minutes from now. But um, I think more importantly, the best five thing I don't think works for the Chiefs this year because how is Jawan Taylor going to practice at left tackle all camp and get used to playing left tackle and Niang and Wanya Morris are going to compete at right tackle, but then all of a sudden you're going to get to, you know, the preseason, like, okay, we're doing our best five, and that means moving Taylor back across the formation, letting Donovan Smith step in, and I guess now if there's an injury at left tackle, again, we're an older left tackle coming off of an you know, injured season, what's the plan then? Is it moving Jawan Taylor back to the left side while he's learning, tried to learn a new position and a new offense, and then now he's flipping in the middle of the year, and then a rookie or Lucas Deanger stepping in on the right side. So I don't I don't know if the Chiefs can do best five. They kind of need to tell Jawan Taylor where he's playing. He's learning a new system. He's learning a new offense. Wanye Morris is a rookie. Lucas Deanger is hardly proven at this level. These guys might need to know generally where they are going to play going into camp. And rather than, oh, no, we're just going to work you guys everywhere and see what shakes loose. So, like, I don't know. The, the best five to me only works is if Jawan Taylor goes out there and somehow shows he absolutely can't play left tackle and you have to make a late substitution to move him to the right side, or you get to the preseason and Lucas Yang or Wanya Morris absolutely can't play right tackle and you have to make an audible in the preseason. Like, it's a failure to get to, I think, Donovan Smith playing left tackle and Jawan Taylor playing right, at least in the perfect world. Like, that's the it should be a failure if that happens. Somebody should have done bad at their original job to get there. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think those are the two scenarios where that can happen. I think this team views Jawan Taylor as their left tackle of the future. And I know that we're leaning on things that Brett Veach has said. We're leaning on some practice videos of him working out that way. I just think that that makes so much more sense given their roster construction. Because before yesterday, when the Chiefs signed Donovan Smith, who was the backup left tackle? That's right. None of us know. Maybe it was Prince Tiguanogo. Maybe it's Lucas Niang switching sides if Wanye Morris wins that role. Maybe it's one of those. Whatever the situation is, 
you're not comfortable with your backup left tackle situation. Okay, that's fine. If you move Jawan Taylor over there, who's your backup left tackle? Guess what? It's still the same situation you were in before you signed Donovan Smith. This team routinely tries to add veterans to the room. I think we all remember Kyle Long a couple of seasons ago when they had a group of young guys on the interior. They had Joe Tooney. They had Kyle Long. They wanted some more voices in the room to help train these guys, help out with that. Andy Heck is a great coach, and he's going to train them. But the on-the-field work, the teaching guys, you know, what they need to do, how they need to drop that kick step, what they need to do with their hands, how all that sets is something that he can only kind of verbally describe getting out there and having somebody teach, getting out there and seeing somebody actually do the on-field reps. We've seen it with Frank Clark in that defensive end room. Donovan Smith in this offensive tackle room, it makes so much sense to add a guy like that for his film purposes, for his teaching purposes, with a guy that's switching over to the left tackle position for the first time, knowing that you got young guys on the right side. Like, Donovan Smith in this room makes all the sense in the world. Donovan Smith starting at left tackle with Jawan Taylor at right tackle and no real reps at left tackle behind Donovan Smith just frankly does not, the, the math, the logic doesn't work out to me in the same way that it does if you are just giving Jawan the runway to learn left tackle with a teacher behind him in Donovan Smith. See, and like I, I love that. I love that the logic behind Donovan Smith being a tackle, like a, a, a backup tackle to help Jawan Taylor usher over to the left side. It, Great it's signing if that's the case. Fantastic. Great. Like, yeah. absolutely love the move. Genuinely. Um, He's still under 30 years old. And it's like, yeah, his, I, his body is struggling I right now. Yeah. I know. I just, my thing is... I totally, logically, there's so much about that thought process that makes a ton of sense to me, and I think that's the, the right scenario and the best scenario long-term for this football team is Jawan Taylor's there, he's ready, you've got a fallback option in case it starts not going well, you have a fallback option uh, in case there's injury, and you're, you know, you've got two unproven guys in the tackle position as well, and, and Prince Tigo goes frankly, un, uh, you know, unproven as well. It's just the logic behind the logical side of me thinks that's the plan. It's just it's I that's 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 what I keep holding on to because I think I love the move if it's that. I just don't like how it was presented to me uh and presented to all of us. Any other thoughts, Maddie? Yeah, so I know where we all stand on this. We all think that he Donovan Smith was signed to be a backup left tackle, or sorry, not even just a backup. He was signed being told that he's gonna compete for the left tackle job but we think he's going to be competing with the $20 million Chuan Taylor. The $4 million left tackle Donovan Smith is going to be competing with a $20 million Juwan Taylor for the left tackle job. So we all think he likely ends up as the backup in that role. How surprised are you if on the first day of any kind of camp, he's the first team left tackle on a scale from 1 to 10? How surprised are you if Juwan Taylor is the first team right tackle and Donovan Smith is the first team left tackle? Nine. Nine out of 10. I'm very surprised in that regard. I just don't, long-term, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you've got long-term options at right tackle. Jawan Taylor's your long-term option at left tackle. Brett Veach thinks to the future. Andy Reid thinks to the future. I would be shocked if that's what they did. Sometimes it feels like they're saying lip service, and sometimes they do exactly what they tell us they're going to do. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like, a, I'm not going to be 
I'm not going to be surprised if that's the move. I'm going to be a little disappointed, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to be surprised. I guess I, I'm like a three. I'm not going to be too surprised just because they've it's been reported. I mean, and so if it happens, it happens. But I'm not. That doesn't mean I agree or I like the move. Sure. No, I get that. I just I I'm following the money here, and the money says he's a backup <laughs> left tackle, right? I feel like. Sometimes the money's right, and the money says he's a backup left tackle. He's he's making, not he's not making nine million, guys. He's making rough. Yeah, and the base salary is going to be somewhere in the two to four range, and everything else's incentives up to nine. Like that's that's backup left tackle. That is backup left tackle money for a veteran that's played for eight years in the league or whatever. That's all that is. It has a super Bowl ring. Yeah, I'm following the money. I think he's I think he's coming in to compete with Jawan Taylor so that it pushes him so that it doesn't give Jawan Taylor complacency. This is something the Chiefs like to do. It's competition and it's competition, a good level of competition, but it's also a it's backup money. I I would I'm with Craig. I'm a nine. If it's not even if Jawan Taylor's not even given a chance at left tackle, I'm at a nine and complete surprise. And yes, I also absolutely hate the way they handle the tackle position if that's the route they went. And I mean. Look, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get too... Uh, I'm going to question the move a little bit if that is the case. I'm not going to go too nuclear because the Chiefs also did win a Super Bowl. Uh, and they know... How how did they lose the one Super Bowl? Uh, Not having a backup it, left tackle. It, okay. <laughs> There's just one in real quick. Hey, the uh, question is, Brett Veach made sure that he's too deep at like every position over the past several years since that happened? Yeah, he has. That's the thing, and that's the other thing. It's like, look, they, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah. My head, everything, everything except for the report tells me it's he's the backup. Everything, literally everything. I get it. Report's carrying a lot of weight there. I get it. Yeah, it is. It's just you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Donovan Smith, I like the move. I'm, I, I don't want it to make it sound like I'm not. It's just how it's presented, and I, I think it's a fantastic move logically as we all see it i'm hyped about it and yeah continue to insulate patrick mahomes and continue to protect patrick mahomes he makes a ton of sense as a culture fit uh and as structurally for a roster building perspective all right we're going to take one more break and we'll be back right after this you're listening to kc sports network we'll be right back after this Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you're watching, appreciate everybody. It helps us grow this channel. It helps more people find KC Sports Network. More Chiefs fans to find KC Sports Network. So we've done the Don we've done the uh, Donovan Smith conversation. We really haven't had a ton of time to talk too much about the UDFA class. And even when we were talking with Galco, me and Maddie were earlier uh, this week. We didn't spend too much time on it. I'm so excited about this class. Like I, I, I think this is an outstanding class. And circumstantially, you know, there's some some positions that that didn't get drafted. That like I don't understand how some of these players didn't get drafted. If I'm being honest, it. Not all of them, but definitely some of them, like, I think in a different year. And we were talking with Eric Galco, like, in a different year, Isaiah Moore, the linebacker out of North Carolina State, probably gets drafted. This is one of Sean Barber's favorite guys, too. Uh, we'll just start with him. Um, he's a he's a good-sized prospect. He's a big, physical, two-down linebacker. He's great against the run. He's a high-level communicator. He actually has decent sideline-to-sideline -side range. He's just stiff. He struggles in coverage. And again, the linebacker market for some reason got suppressed because even despite not being a, a three-down linebacker probably and despite you know maybe being a little bit stiff, in a lot of drafts, he goes. In a lot of the drafts, that guy still goes. He's high character leadership. Like I think he won a leadership award at North Carolina State, if I remember correctly, doing the draft guide write-up for him. Like, I don't know. Like He's one of those guys that really surprises me. Like We're looking at Jack Conkren's spot. As a special teamer, he makes some sense. And as a defensive player, I think he makes sense. Too. I think he's better than Darius Harris. Like, I, I, I genuinely do. Okay, so I, I want to talk about Isaiah Moore, and I think we can get back into this. I just wanted to ask this UDFA class, and then just go a different route here. Who, Which UDFA do you guys think is the most likely to make the 53-man roster? Daenerys Prince. Yeah, it's Daenerys Prince. Why? But <laughs> I can't even go. To, okay, somebody take somebody tell me why Daenerys Prince is making this fifty-three man roster, and I'll give my answer. Because the running back room, although they have added Jared McKinnon back to it, and they have Clyde Edwards-Helaire, that fourth spot is wide open. I think he's a hard runner. I think he makes sense alongside of Isaiah Pacheco. I I think he just makes it numbers game there. Sure. Big physical, dense, downhill, fast, explosive. Not great in the past game, struggles in pass protection, but Ronald Jones didn't either. And he got to stick on this roster for an entirety of a season. They're not going to lean on him much for those things. I just, and it, the way you, you heard Brett Veach talk about him in the press conference, it's like, oh, he's going to compete for time and compete for the roster spot. Like, it almost sounded like it was a preconceived notion in his head. So, I mean, this would be maybe a more fun way to go about this is just ask questions about the UDFA class and run down the list. I just thought that might be a little bit more fun. I, I, I agree Prince is probably the most likely to make the 53-man roster. I do think there's a lot of crossover with him and Isaiah Pacheco, though. Like, there's a little bit of difference. I think Prince is a little bit more agile. He When he's running downhill the line of scrimmage, he can keep his pace while running kind of and making not even hard cuts, but he can bend while he runs. He can run not on a straight line. Pacheco's kind of a straight line runner, right? So, But there is some similarities. Neither guy showcases high-end vision. Neither guy showcases a lot of patience when they're running. So, like, I do think there's a lot of crossover there, but who else is it going to be, right? And he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. Who else it's going to be? My answer is going to be Truman Jones, the uh, edge player. Out of Ooh, wait. That'd be a surprise for anybody that's listened. I said it. <laughs> and like, uh, to me, he's kind of like a, another version of Mike Dana. Similar size, 
Similar type of player. He's played standing up. He's played 4-I. He's played as a true D-end. Very good versus the run. He sees the field really well. Maybe he spends a little too much time watching at times, but he sees the field well. He plays the run very well. So I actually might not be surprised if Truman Jones makes the roster over B.J. Thompson, who somehow magically ends up on the IR or something, because Truman Jones might be able to provide a little bit more this year if they need to put him on the field right away. I love Truman Jones. Uh, we got to see Truman Jones a little bit at the Shrine game. He he was fun. I, I like his flexibility. He just screams Spags, dude. Maybe not to the extent that we're seeing. The- I don't know anymore. It's all changed. Not anymore. Yeah. I defensive end bang by after hit the trash can. I might need a new bit for the KCSN draft guy. No kidding. No kidding. But Truman Jones makes sense because he is very like for like with that versatility and that ability to play all over the line. And yeah, he's a really fun player as well. In reality, um, UDFA guy I've got my eyes on, and this is not a joke, and it's not a bit. Rutgers punter Adam Corsack got anyone that listened to the live show definitely, definitely heard Craig talk about this guy whose name I still don't know. I just wait. Yeah, it's it's my punter one, Um, but he got invited to. Both the Chiefs and the Steelers rookie minicamp. He does not have a free agent contract yet. Now, Tommy Townsend just signed his restricted free agent tender. Now, I know they're not going to move on from Tommy Townsend. I don't believe that they will. But this guy held. He is a rugby-style punter, so it takes him a little longer to get kicked off. But, yeah, no, he held. And his placement is phenomenal. Like, he won the Ray Guy Award not because he's got a booming leg, but because his placement, his ability to cough and corner punts, his spin is fantastic. I was shocked that he didn't get drafted when so many other punters and kickers got drafted in this draft. So when I saw he was coming to Kansas City, it burnt my ears a little bit. All right, back to real. Superlative? Oh, sure. No, I was going to just say back to real football, but. There you go. Sorry, I just. Of all the UDFAs, if one guy is to become like a Pro Bowl level player in the NFL, who's it going to be? Daenerys Prince. Okay, that's what The easiest path to success. This is a Maddie answer. It's just like, think okay. it's, it's the easiest path to, to getting there is the running back position. We've seen stuff like this happen before. Uh-huh. It's that. I, I'll say Isaiah Moore. I mean, like, listen, you know, if I like that, God forbid Nick Bolton goes down hurt. Having another guy that's more of a like for like, I'm not saying he would get the mic rips. More is more. Right. Again, Again, like, I heard, it. I heard you loud. But, Hey, see, when you point it out, it kills the joke. I, I don't, I don't. You weren't doing that on purpose. He's used to his jokes that he has to explain to us. It's true. Con- opinion about the Packers, Craig. No, I, 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 the Packers. <laughs> uh, I more, uh, but if he was thrust into that role, like, let's say they got him to get into that role and they liked what they saw. You know, and they liked what what he could do there. He's smart enough. He's a great run stuffer. I think when we look at Nick Bolton, we look at a guy that, that is a Pro Bowl player. Like, I, he's a Pro Bowl lever player. He makes enough impact plays, plays behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think that they've got to flex the scheme to fit an Isaiah Moore in there. I think he's a very like-for-like replacement. So just from that standpoint, and it would have to be something happening to Nick, which please, please, please don't let that ever happen. But maybe he could find a path to that. I want to go back to Truman Jones real quick. Sorry, because I had a thought. I've been working on something here. Very hard work, I'm telling you. 
George Karloftis, Charles Amenahieu, Felix Anudike, Uzama, and Mike Dana are locks. Yeah, that's your four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> B.J. Thompson, Joshua Kando, Malik Herring, Truman Jones. Well, one of those guys I don't believe is in that conversation. Uh, you said maybe if he finds. I'm just you know I think B.J. Thompson's a locker and IR. I'm with you, but I'm just sure. I'm looking at that next tier. I was saying I don't think Kando's in that group. I, I don't think Kando's a spreadled out from that. Group. I don't think Kando. I. This is where I'm going with this. If the Chiefs don't bring back Frank Clark, if the Chiefs don't bring back uh, Carlos Dunlap, there's room for Truman Jones and B.J. Thompson on this roster. So, I and it's maybe maybe this is one of those things where they like Truman Jones, they like B.J. Thompson. They're going to give them this a, a month or two to see how things go, and if they feel good about this group. I mean, some teams will make this is the like some teams if they feel good about what they've seen in the first month and a half of some of this OTA stuff. Sometimes they will make post June one cut decisions. This is not uncommon, and so it's let's look at the logic. If they like that they've seen out of BJ BJ Thompson and Truman Jones for the bottom of their edge group, maybe they aren't bringing back Frank Clark. Like there's a path where all where where both of those guys could potentially make the roster. I think. I mean, yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a path. I just BJ Thompson seems like a guy that's a year away for me because I just think he needs size. Like, yeah, I understand that he's added some weight, but he's definitely quickly added weight, and I don't know if it's directly translated to putting weight in the areas that you want and the strength that's going to go along with it. So I just I think he needs a year, and I don't think you can put him on the practice squad. So maybe you are forced to hold him on your roster, but I think more than likely he gets a mystery IR. I mean, it's certainly possible. I just. I definitely think that he's a guy that probably isn't going to provide a lot this year, so it would be a little surprising me to see him on like a, a, the 53-man roster, I think. That being said, he put on roughly 20-ish pounds. Pretty good at the Shrine game. He did. No, he did. And like, yeah, I don't well, I don't want to downplay what he's done. I just, I think it needs to be, I think his body still needs to be reworked. Um, I, I, w- I, I would agree, to... and I, the Chiefs have kind of alluded to that as well, that they want yeah. to add more weight to him, they want to do all that. He makes sense. In the right ways. I, yeah, that's a long-term project, and that's fine because I think the potential is high, very, very high. There, I, so I, I I put some shrine tape on a couple nights yeah. ago. Ooh. Fun. Uh, you know, I share my Pro Bowl. Can I share my Pro Bowler? Yeah, share your Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, Miko Remigio as a returner because body has to return and. I think he's a guy that if he becomes a good returner, he's on the roster, he might be able to give you some production out of the slot. It's not going to be a lot, but if he goes for 300 yards out of the slot, maybe catches a touchdown or picks up a couple first downs, that helps keep him in the eyes of the people because they're stats, and then they go, oh, remember that Chiefs returner that I remember catching that one third down touchdown pass? That gets him into the Pro Bowl. So just, you know, I'm mad he answering it, Kent. Yes, yes, I am, but... He's a returner, and I think he's a pretty darn good returner. So I think I think Romeo has a good chance, or probably as good a chance as anybody from this class to end up being a Pro Bowl-level player. You guys have any Romeo talks, or are you ready for another uh, superlative? Uh, I was going to say that I should have said Adam Corsack if we were including special teams nots, but... Okay. And I think you should have let... Maddie enough. I think you should have let Craig pronounce Nico Romeo since we just learned the pronunciation things. yesterday. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, give us throw another superlative out there, Matt. Most likely to reach a second contract with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Try to play it out from Derek Prince, Kent. 
Uh, I don't think it'll be Denarius Prince because they're not going to extend it to a running back. Um, Adam Corset. Uh, you told me to buy some time and go. I said, "Oh, I yes, think- please." Okay, all right. Oh, um, I I wasn't ready to actually take this take you up on this offer. I'm going to go with <laughs> Cam Jones, linebacker out of Indiana, and it's because I I think there's a, some chance he's going to become a pretty good coverage linebacker. Like it, he's not great at it right now, but you see flashes. You see some general understanding. He has the awareness in space. He has the athleticism. So say the Chiefs don't bring back Drew Tranquil going forward, or if they do. It's for a short period of time. They're probably not also keeping Willie Gay. The Chiefs have a lot of linebackers, but the guys locked in long-term right now, Bolton and Leo Schnell, not exactly coverage guys, right? If Cam Jones can prove to be a coverage linebacker, there is an open role for him if a Tranquil is a back, if Willie Gay is a back. There's just there's an avenue for that type of linebacker to exist on this team going forward as a role player. And I just think uh, between him and Isaiah Moore, who I like Isaiah Moore a little bit more, I think... <laughs> I think the getting see what I did there, Kent. You see it the more if I like him more. You got it, yeah. Um, so anyway, I think the chance for Cam Jones to be uh good in coverage gives him this like upper hand to maybe make this teammate for a second contract. I'm gonna say, uh, let's go deep here. I, I wanna pick one of the two offense. I'm gonna go Blake Haynes out of uh Tarleton State. Um Andy Reid loves getting these small school guys. He's got strength already. I believe he led the FCS combine and bench press reps. He, he did a significant number. I don't remember exactly what that number was, but he did lead the SCS combine in bench. And I, I don't know. It just seems like one of those guys coming from a small school, get him in the system, have him ride along on the practice squad for a couple of seasons. Eventually he gets elevated to the active roster, makes the game day, now all of a sudden is part of the practice. It just seems like pathway to success for one of these offensive linemen makes sense. So I'm going to go with the small school guy that came out after his junior year and has some strength to him. All right, so I am going to go with Jerome Carvin, the interior offensive lineman out of Tennessee. 6'5", 321, big kid, in, in interior flex. He can play center. He can play guard. We know Nick Allegretti is he's technically a two year or two contract guy for the Chiefs because he went through his he went through his rookie deal and then he signed a one year deal to come back here next year. Same thing with Allegretti. He had inside outside flexibility. Carvin fits their profile. He fits the flexibility flat factor. I think it was a pretty good swing on a guy. Like I think he could actually make the roster as an interior offensive lineman. So I think he's a guy that could wind up getting a second contract for the Chiefs. I have one more. I have a super. I have a superlative. Perfect. Okay. This is great because I was out of them now. Okay. <laughs> uh, give me your. Give me your sleeper. Give me. Give me your UDFA sleeper. The guy that we haven't brought up, or the guys that you might want to keep them. an eye on. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes. Okay, do, uh, do you have one, Kent? Because if yeah. you thought of this, you have to have one in the back of your mind. So you go first. Uh, let's. All right, I will throw one out. It's Ty Scott, the wide receiver out of Missouri State. He actually played the season with a broken hand. The passer was a little bit inconsistent for him. Uh, but this is a, a giant. This is a big receiver. This is one of those bigger profiles that you're going to see at the spot, at the position. So, you know, he's kind of got the more prototypical X-type build. Big physical, competitive at the catch point, and played through some injury. 
Uh, Chiefs like receivers that played through some injury last year, I guess. But uh, give me Ty Scott as a sleeper. Are you ready, Craig? Okay. Yeah, I, I got one. Because if you steal mine, I'm gonna be upset. But okay. if it's a sleeper, okay, then you go ahead. You go ahead. All the way on over here. Go- okay. Oh, okay. Well, this is great. Then, um, who do I want to go with? Okay, Anderson Hardy. Uh, offense. He played offensive tackle at App State. I actually got to see him a few times because I try to tune in to watch my App State guys. Those running backs are a lot of fun out there. He played tackle for them. He's gonna probably be a guard in the NFL, right? Like 32 inch arms, maybe like 32 and a half inch arms. They're pretty short, but we know the Chiefs like these tackles. They can also slide inside. That's kind of been that's kind of been their move. Um, you know, he does everything well enough as that you can think of for like a group of five kind of offensive lineman. He's not going to wow you with his athleticism. He's not going to wow you with his power, but he does everything generally just fine. And sometimes those guys, when we're talking about a depth offensive lineman, you're talking about a Nick Allegretti that sticks around for a long time and plays a specific role. This is a guy that can do it. No, having 32 and a half inch arms doesn't bode great for going to play tackle in the NFL, but we saw Mike Rivers do it. We saw, I mean, like, and so there's a guy that Chiefs brought in to be a backup interior offensive lineman that got thrust into a starting tackle job. Having that experience is something that Chiefs do usually like. It's like Anderson Hardy, I think, kind of has this outside shot to maybe jump a, a Carvin, who I think is a better player, but just because he has the ability to maybe play across the entire offensive line kind of uh, gives him a, a bonus. I'm going to go Quentin Barrow, Grand Valley offensive tackle, um, th- this man was kind of made for Andy Reid a little bit. He's got 34 and a quarter inch arms and he's got really good feet, like very nimble feet. I, I remember when Lucas Niang came out, not the certain, not the same sort of prospect as Lucas Niang was, but remember when Lucas Niang came out that Andy couldn't stop talking about how nimble his feet were. Now he's adding another guy with size, length, and good feet. Again, sleeper for this. Gonna have to probably spend some time on the practice squad. I don't think he makes the active roster here, but another guy that could stick around for a little while just because of Andy's preferences and movement ability that he can present might help him stick on the roster eventually. A lot of fun UDFAs. Can't wait to see them and overanalyze all the photos that come from uh, OTAs here starting very quickly. That's gonna do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much. For supporting us it's been a great two years it's been a great four million downloads we are unbelievably appreciative we can't wait to talk to you next week catch you later why you it's an eric prince he plays the most thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn covering the chiefs the royals sporting kc and the kc current plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.